Hi, everyone. This is Scott Cantrell. Welcome to Consulting with Authority. I'm joined today by uh, a fantastic friend and also a prospecting and marketing automation specialist, Keith Lusher from SYP Media. We'll uh, turn it over to Keith shortly, but I've got to tell you, I am super excited to be interviewing Keith finally. Keith has been at the top of my interview list since I started the podcast, and we're just now finally grabbing some time to make this interview happen. Uh, The reason I'm so excited is because I work with Keith. I am a client of Keith's. Uh, We work together on projects for some of my clients, and then he is also um, uh, someone that I turn to to help me in the world that he works within. So he works with consultants and independent professionals and B2B professionals all over the place. So super excited to have Keith with us. Keith, thank you so much for carving out some time and being willing to be on the podcast today. Great to be here, Scott. Thanks very much. Awesome. So I want to begin uh, just by understanding a little bit about your story, Keith, uh, how you got to where you are. I know you've done a lot of different things in your background, uh, as so many other consultants have, but you have found this really incredible niche uh, that you are incredibly talented at, very skillful at, but I know you weren't always there. So how did you how did you get to where you are? How did you get to the point where you were ready to found uh, SYP? Well, you know, sometimes people ask me, what does SYP stand for? And uh, it basically, it it stands for my marketing gospel message, which is serve your prospects. Mm. Um, Yeah, I didn't want to name the business. I still still run it it as a very small uh, operation. Uh, But at the same time, I didn't want to name it after me. Uh, and, and, uh, which uh, frankly, from a branding perspective, unless, uh, unless there's a compelling reason to do otherwise, you should really, you know, shouldn't name the business after you. Um, but that's another conversation, but yeah, it's basically, it's my gospel message, which is serve your prospects. And, uh, it, I remember, you know, one of the things that, that we do together and, and a big part of, of what, uh, you know, smart, uh, smart solutions media is about is is Mm -hmm. content marketing. It's about engaging and developing relationships by delivering value. Right. And that was a mantra that I adopted actually, oh gosh, back in the nineties, believe it or not. Um, I actually wrote, I've written a a couple of, of, of books in, in, in my career. Um, and, uh, some of them were commercially published others. I just published myself. But I did write a very short, small booklet back in the late 90s, and I just published it myself, and I used it as business giveaways, mm-hmm. as lead magnets, so to speak. And the title of this booklet was called Promotional Publishing, and it was about how to package your knowledge, experience, and expertise uh, to, to basically turn wary prospects into trusting clients. Actually, I think it still might even be listed as a ghost listing on Amazon. Wow. Um, and it was a, it was a short, it was, it was, this was before the internet. Uh, yeah. this was before and, and the cover, uh, I mean, I could even, I don't really think I've shown this to you, but the cover has, has a take cassette and, and printed booklets, uh, even video and all that. But the, I guess the, the point I'm making is, uh, my, the emphasis I was taking is use, if you're an expert, leverage your knowledge and, 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 and tell people what they don't know. You know, answer their questions. People are much more open to being uh, served rather than being sold. And and of course, that was the precursor to what today is called content marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I guess uh, that's sort of that's how I came up with the name, and I use that expression, "serve your prospects," because that's what we when I teach prospecting, whether it's independent professionals or teams. Uh, you know, it's it's very much about delivering value in, in every way, shape, or form you can. Not giving away the store, but ultimately it comes down to you know, what have you? As my cats like to like like to tell my wife, what have you done for me lately? You know? <laughs> so anyway, that's um, good. Yeah, but that's that's sort of. And then I, I actually we actually uh, uh, in the first part of my career, I worked in capital fundraising. Okay. I uh, worked with an, uh, a firm called Gettler Associates. They're still here in Columbus. Uh, we're fun. We're, uh, we we manage capital campaigns for nonprofits all around the country. A lot of healthcare and higher education and and so on and so forth. 
but we adopted that strategy. Uh, we they actually started doing it before I started working with them, and uh, they put out these series of publications on various aspects of capital fundraising, which itself and 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 granted, it has changed a lot in the last 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. But it's it itself is a is a very in depth uh, scientific process. And uh, so they would periodically, and they did this all, they, they printed these publications. They had, we had an inventory of them. We would promote them and offer them out. And people would actually offer, ask how much they cost. Uh, and we use that principle to, to market the firm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was, that was just one example of, of, and newsletter publishing, the concept of content publishing is not new, no. but it really took off with, with the internet because you know, you could use video, for instance, and, uh, you know, early days of video production, you had a two, three man crew. It was 13, 1500 bucks a day and edit suite was $300 an hour. So it was very costly to produce video back in those days uh, and cost to print. But now with digital reproduction, with, with digital publication, mm-hmm. you can you can create an intellectual p- piece of intellectual property and distribute it uh, for next to nothing. Yeah. And and so that's that that's really what led to the explosion of, of what we refer to now as content marketing. Yeah. And I mean, obviously that's right on. And you know, at some point during our call, I want to come back to this and talk about kind of the ins and outs of of what we call now content marketing. But I wrote down promotional publishing. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, a it's, fantastic moniker that probably needs to be dusted off and brought back, Keith. Um, yeah, so let's have well, a conversation about that offline. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll have to send you a copy of the cover. I still have the cover. I actually still have the original PageMaker file. Wow, you that's know? amazing. PageMaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. how far back it goes. <laughs> All good. So. Um, so one place I wanted to begin, and this makes perfect sense because you are a prospecting and marketing guy. You and I have had a lot of conversations about a lot of different aspects of growing a business and filling up the pipeline and how to do that and how not to do that and that kind of thing. So I I just kind of want to put you on the spot a little bit. I I do want to talk about how you engage with clients and sort of your process. And I want to talk about um, getting into some of the nitty gritty in terms of strategies Mm -hmm. and so forth in a second. Uh, But before we do that, Tell us a little bit about how how do you market SYP? What are some things that you do? And and um, I've got to chime in here in just a second with with my story on how we actually met. Sure. Uh, but, but go for it and kind of give us a general overview. I mean, you don't give a, give away any too secret sauce, but feel free to pull back the curtain as much as you're able. Well, I'll tell you, if anybody has ever been prospected by me, uh, they've got my secret sauce. So you know, you it's. Go. It, in in a nutshell, it really is very much. First of all, I I do um, I do work more in 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 B two B than B two C. Working in terms with in terms of type of clientele. That being said, I ha- I have some projects that I'm working on that are more in the B two C space. Uh, but you know, it it starts with I like to I like to know my my market, know my audience, and be able to speak the same language. And, uh, and, and so, you know, obviously we both have background working in the group benefits space and an insurance space on my end as well. Uh, so I, I, I work very well with folks in that, in that space. Um, and it's, it, but it very is, it, it really is very much about um, inviting people to conversations. And, and frankly, this is not gonna sound all that ingenious. It's really more common sense. Um, you know, it, it very prospecting is very much just about engaging people and also listening. Uh, you know, I, I'll tell you right now, there's and, and some strategies tend to when it comes, especially using uh, online strategies, we've seen periods go by where certain strategies tend to get worn out in the marketplace. Yeah, I mean, that's no secret. Um, you know, strategies that were very popular and very productive, you know, three, four years ago, even two years ago, are not necessarily as much today. So we're constantly having to, to adapt when it comes to a strategy approach. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we have, we cannot, we cannot lose that, 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 that mission focus 
of, you know, we do what we do uh, for, because first of all, we, we want to help other, other individuals under other independent professionals and businesses uh, achieve and grow. Right. We know that, that one of the biggest mistakes that they make is, you know, poor messaging, lack of consistent outreach. So it's those fundamentals that, that we constantly see, you and I both, we see it. Uh, lack of follow-up and lack of persistent uh, uh, persistent focus. You know, keeping a focus on on that as the essence of what we do is really important. The specific strategies and tactics of reaching out and touching people and 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 drawing them to us. Sometimes we find ourselves, you know, changing those as as time moves by. And also, it depends on you know who it is we're reaching out to. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're reaching out to uh, to independent consultants or coaches, that's going to be one strategy as opposed to reaching out to others who work in more uh, corporate environments where um, the sales cycle might be a little bit longer. Uh, there are different layers to that onion of, of approval and, and, you know, who is it you're really selling? Who is it, who is it finding the actual economic buyer, so to speak? Yep. Can be tricky. Um, but in the end, it always comes down to relationships. So to that end, let's dive a little deeper there because I I, I made a few notes just on what you were saying. One of the things mm-hmm. you said was speak the same language of the client, invite the right people to, to a conversation. Uh, it's critical, you know, in order to do that, listening is critical because you got to get the messaging right. So yeah. once you've got those things from a structural standpoint or a strategy standpoint, the same strategies that you and I have had multiple conversations about having to adapt or or change or 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 just subtract sometimes. Yeah. Um, what what are you seeing now in the marketplace for independent professionals in terms of what's working really well? And and so that's the question I want to ask. But let me let me just tell this quick story about how you and I met because it's it's incredibly on point. So uh, I don't even remember how many years now, Keith, six, seven, eight years ago, um, something like that, something like that. Um, I got a LinkedIn request to connect, I think, um, and accepted it and then got a follow-up message uh, from this guy Mm -hmm. I didn't know, Keith Lusher, but he looked like an interesting guy. So I was happy to accept the connection request. Um, And then I got another message from him on LinkedIn and the messages were always... I don't remember their exact language. I guess I could probably go back and find it, but I don't remember the exact language, Keith, but the messages were always, I will say benign. And when I say benign, it doesn't mean they didn't have impact. It means that they weren't um, in my face. They weren't over the top. They weren't hyperbolic. They were direct, um, but it was uh, direct, but soft, I guess, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Um, And it's sort of your whole demeanor and your approach, uh, you know, the person you guys are seeing or hearing from Keith is the same person he is in, in the prospecting world. And I think that's a really important note is that there's so many consultants or whoever's out there that try to adopt a totally different persona in their prospecting than who they are as a person. And it, it doesn't mean that you have to be exactly the same person all the time necessarily, but there has to be congruency. Otherwise, yeah. that inauthenticity, in, inauthenticity will come through sooner or later. So Keith's incredibly genuine, authentic in all his messaging. But I was getting these messages, and at some point, he struck a chord, and he was asking me about you know what we were doing with the consulting firm I was with at the time, what we were doing around our prospecting and marketing outreach, specifically on LinkedIn. And we knew that was an area that we weren't um, as focused on as we should be. And so he asked for a phone call, and I was happy to have it. Now, this was... This was after he had already reached out to me a number of times. Um, And it was that I wrote an article about this earlier today. Um, It was that consistent cultivation or professional persistence or whatever word you want to use. I I call it gentle persistence. Gentle persistence. Yes. And that's the expression I use. Absolutely. And that's exactly what it was. It was consistent outreach, but it was gentle. It wasn't in my face. It wasn't pushy um, or trying to hard sell me on anything. And he wasn't talking about features and benefits of his service or anything like that. Um, he was trying to meet me where I was and he did. And so we had a good a conversation. A, a, as I recall, that first conversation was very good. And I told him mm-hmm. we should we should get back in touch. And of course, what did I do at that point? I ghosted the guy. 
because I was because I'm an idiot. <laughs> and so I, I got busy with other things and I ghosted him. And what did Keith do? Keith remained gently persistent. He continued to reach out to me. And occasionally I would respond to him and say, hey, let's 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 get some time down. And then I wouldn't follow through. Anyway, he stayed on me. And I don't know how many months later it was, three months later, six months later, I don't remember. We finally had another conversation. And at that point, I was even more ready to take action. And Keith was always mentally on my radar. He was even on my, I remember, I was even on my to-do list. Reach back out to Keith, reach back out to Keith. And I just didn't do it for a while. Finally, I did it because he stayed in front of me. We had a conversation. Um, and Keith not only did, did that did that consulting firm that I was with at the time, did we become a client um, it, with multiple accounts with you? But then we worked on a project together. We created a whole program together. And we sold it to our clients, which you were a part of. And anyway, the, the whole relationship, which has not been insignificant for, for Keith nor yeah. I, it's been a, it's been a worthy and, and fantastic collaboration on a lot of different levels with some very healthy revenue generated from a lot of, of good clients over the years. That whole thing would not have happened except for Keith being gently persistent with me over time in a structured and systematic way that, that he was able to manage. And so, you know, I, I just want to share that story because Keith is one of these guys that truly practices what he preaches. He's not a theoretician. He's not going to, you know, uh, all the stuff you're hearing today is stuff that he's doing and that it's working for him or, and or his clients. So I just want to tell that story, Keith, because I appreciate truly thank you for staying gently persistent because not only will we not be talking today, but yeah. all the wonderful work that we've been able to do for clients over the years would not have happened, save for your your persistence in that way. So well, I want you, I, I want you to speak I, to that and kind of break it down a little bit. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I I I, I appreciate that. I don't know if I had a, had, had her. I know you've shared shared at least at a high level how we connected, and there's a certain um, uh, parallel that goes along with it. Uh, but at that level, I don't think I've ever heard you describe it at that level. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, you know. When it, it uh, when you talk, talk about gentle persistence, uh, it always comes down to, you know, we and we've heard it before. Uh, I'm afraid of being a pest. Right. Right. I mean, you know, and, and frankly, we've all felt that, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a couple of, of layers to that. Number one, you know, if you're afraid to this is sort of one of the tenants I teach in in. In, in, in my prospecting program and, and when I work with people, uh, if prospecting itself, whatever form that might take, whether it's smiling and dialing away or going to networking uh, events, where which can be, but often are a waste, can be helpful, but are often a waste of time. Um, or even if it's just reaching out and touching base with people using social media platforms like LinkedIn, Mm-hmm. If you're if you if you are are afraid of prospecting, then it begs the question: Have you truly sold yourself? And when I when I mean sold yourself, I don't mean sell yourself to others. I mean sold yourself on what it is you do mm. or what value you bring to other people. And um, so so I, I think that's one real hard question I ask people. Have you sold yourself on what it is you bring, the value you bring to others or offer to others? Because if you truly sold yourself on that value and, and that impact and on that benefit and have a take almost a mission focus right. towards it, that should alleviate a lot of the hesitation. So you are able to go out and just engage people authentically and unapologetically, um, the other one of the other pushbacks we uh, that we hear and see from folks is, especially if on LinkedIn, uh, once in a, and I got a, a, a phenomenal. I don't. I've got a pretty interesting short story to share with you just from this morning. Okay, great. Um, but at this using LinkedIn, you know, sometimes once in a while when people accepted a connection invite. That, you know, suddenly they're going to be like this with, you know, cross fingers up front, you know, don't be trying to sell me now. <laughs> okay. How do you define sell? Okay. If inviting somebody to a conversation, you know, schedule a link on my counter and let's talk for 15, 20 minutes. If you perceive that as selling, you're going to be offended. 
and yeah. I'm not going to be sorry for it. Right. Um, you know, so again, if why be on LinkedIn? Go away. You know, <laughs> it, it's that why why go out of the house? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so that no, I don't see that quite often, but you know, every once in a while I see it and I I I, I get chuckled by it. But here's the point I want to I want to share with you. I got a, a connection invite uh, last week from someone on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to name any names, but he he does quote unquote lead generation mm-hmm. for uh, people in the insurance space. Okay. Now, when he sent me the invite, sometimes people because of my profile and I and I do a lot of work with folks in the insurance space. Some of it with you, and mm-hmm. some of it uh, through other channels. Um, some people sometimes that without really looking at my profile, they might assume that I'm an insurance producer. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, first of all, again, if they assume I'm an insurance producer, they clearly didn't look at my profile. Yeah. Um, but he accept he reached out and 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 uh, I accepted the invite. And I typically um, I, when I go through and I accept invites, whether I extended it myself or uh, or if it came to me cold, I'll I like to respond to people in yeah. real time. Uh, with something, you know, even if it's I just copy and paste, hey, thanks for the invite. Great to connect. Um, yeah. And I use, and I, I call them out by name. I, I personalize it. Uh, so I, I did that with him. And he did follow up with an invitation to schedule a call. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not have a chance to circle back on that. And it was a couple of days ago. Well, I got this text message and it came in at 8, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hey, this is so-and-so from LinkedIn. Is this Keith Lusher? And and the guy sent me a text message. He he pulled my number off my profile and and literally sent me an SMS message. Yeah. I thought, man, this guy's, you know, that that is not my style. But then again, I'm not going to poo-poo it, you know? Right. So, you know, so I said, good morning. Yes, it is. Uh, hey, appreciate, you know, responding. And basically, you reiterated the invitation to have a conversation. I did tell him, I said, well, just so you know, I'm not a producer, so I may not be a prospect for you. You know, we may, in some respects, overlap, although I don't call myself, I don't, you know, that gets into another thing that I talked about, the word lead. Well, we haven't talked about it here yet, but yeah, there, there may be so a little bit of overlap, but I'm happy to have a conversation, but I'm probably not a prospect for you. I wanted him to know that up front. Sure. And he responded and said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go into the weeds of it, but I told him, yeah, I'd be happy to talk with you for 15 minutes. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I guess the point I'm making is he feels comfortable doing that. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, and, and, and my, I probably would not, I am not one to, to, uh, generally speaking, uh, send a, an SMS text message to somebody I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but then again, he gave me his name. He told me where he got, you know, he's, I'm from LinkedIn, which is, you know, so I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, Hey, if it works, yeah. Um, you know, he, he, and he doesn't mind maybe he's having people tell him to buzz off or whatever. Um, then that's fine. More power to him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I, I just, I, I think your point, uh, is really a good one. And that is, if someone's experiencing prospecting timidity or marketing yeah. timidity, right? Then the the first question is, uh, well, first question is why, <laughs> right? But then mm-hmm. getting to getting to the answer of that question is it could very well be because you haven't bought into what you're selling yourself. If and you this feel guy like, clearly believes in what he offers. Exactly, exactly. Enough, enough to enough to be totally, you know, apparently at least come across as completely confident in. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll send you a text message. If if you want to tell me to get, you know, to go uh, jump in a lake, then you can. Right. So what? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and again, the other note you made too, which I think is important is that that model, that process, that methodology uh, will work great for some, depending on industry target, those kinds of things. Exactly. It yeah. won't work as good in other situations. But the other point too, is going back to the congruency of who you are, of your mm-hmm. personality and your authenticity. Right. And so, Hearing that story, I know that if I'm going to get on the phone with that gentleman 
It doesn't mean that there's not an opportunity. It doesn't mean he's not a good guy at all. It's not what I mean at all. It just means that guy has a different personality than Keith Lusher does. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know yeah. that. Right. Because Keith's probably not going to do that. Doesn't mean it's bad or, or good. It just means that doesn't fit Keith's personality. And so he's going to choose a different a different approach. Same thing for all of those watching and listening. You have to have a, a prospecting and a marketing methodology and system that is that you are comfortable with because it is yours. And so don't think that you can just automatically duplicate precisely what someone else is doing and it's automatically going to work for you. There's way too many variables. And yeah. the number one variable there is you and your yep, own personality much. and your own belief in what you're selling. Well, the other the other thing on this is is I, I gotta and I have to be candid here. I mean if if I'm if I'm uh if I'm consulting with somebody and, and someone says, hey, you know what, I connect with this person on LinkedIn and they haven't responded to my LinkedIn messaging, think better if I just send them a text message for my phone because I got his number right here. I probably would have pushed back on that. Yeah. I probably would have said, eh, I don't know if I would do that. Yeah. Now in hindsight, you know, again, I'm I'm writing my story onto him. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that's something we all need to be careful of doing. We're we're always, you know, so and and frankly, I could answer that. I think maybe maybe I, I would be I would just say that's not something I would do. Uh, if you feel that confident, go for it. Yeah. The wor- what's the here's the here's the great question that that it always comes down to. What is the worst that can happen? Right. OK, because yeah. we have this tendency to catastrophize. Yeah. And right. and the reality is, what is the worst that can happen? Yep. Someone says no, or someone gets irate, yep. or 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 what have you. Okay, right. if if that's going to turn your stomach that much, get oh, the yeah. hell out of sales. Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So no, I, I think it's so true, and I, I I yeah, I just love this idea. I wrote it down um, about selling yourself because that the first sale has to be to you because if you don't make that, then it. Whether your prospecting and marketing is manual or automated, it's not going to make a difference. Very much. Uh, you're going to have to, you know, make that sell. Otherwise, you're going to abandon your effort way too soon before you start getting results. Or you're going to try seven different things. Uh, you're going to dip your toe in each of them, not give them any, you know, the kind of effort or time or investment uh, they deserve. Random uh, acts of marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Random acts of marketing. Thank you, Keith. You're going to yes. do that. None of them are going to work. And you're going to say this marketing thing doesn't work. Yeah, right? um, exactly. And so I mean, you and I have both experienced that. So sure. Sure. Um, sure. Talk a little bit about, uh, I want to, I want to keep going down this path a little bit. Talk a little bit about uh, some of the key concepts or key strategies that, that, and we've talked some about this already, but we'll just keep going. Um, key concepts or key strategies that you're teaching your clients in terms of things to do, things not to do that are that are working for them. Um, just sort of want to pick Keith Lesher's brain and, and sort of tap into his his prospecting and marketing automation expertise here for a minute. Well, uh, the the one thing that I that I really try to emphasize, and 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 I, I have to say that I don't always take my own advice because I find myself using the term when I just know I need to communicate what I want to communicate, but I hate the word lead. Hmm. Um, you know, there, there's, there is, and, and there are two main reasons and you've heard me talk about this a little bit before. Hmm. Uh, but I, the reason I don't like the term is because number one, uh, that term tends to dehumanize the prospect, the person that we're trying to reach out to. Uh, and the other, the other reason it is a common buzzword used in an industry uh, that has pro- been proliferated by another sub-industry uh, of what we call lead generation services. Yeah. Uh, they proliferate in the insurance space. They proliferate in the home improvement space uh, and probably several others. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, these industries... Um, do that I, in my opinion, and based on my experience, which one could argue that might be still somewhat limited, but that's all we can go from mm-hmm. it is that um, they they take advantage of the independent producer or small business uh, owners' lack of prospecting and marketing finesse, so to speak. Um, 
you know, yeah. you, you get someone who's an in, let's take, let's step out of, uh, well, let's go into home improvement. All okay. right. So there are a lot of uh, people, that, or whether it's residential painting or carpentry or other types of services, uh, there are these companies out there that you have a lot of independent professionals out there. And there are big companies out there that really, um, they, they go after these small, small operators and they say, we can get you leads. And because these big companies have the pockets to own the first page of Google. Right. Uh, so when someone does a search, you know, they have pretty much the entire page. They've got all kinds of different front, uh, front pages where they, uh, they are just basically harvesting data and then they're right. just selling that out. Uh, I, I think that does a disservice. And um, but I think just the 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 term itself dehumanizes the prospect. Yeah. And we need to remember that when we're dealing with with leads, so to speak, we're we're dealing with human beings. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with human beings with problems that need solved, uh, that have wants that have wants that need to be fulfilled. And so I I, I really I, that's something I really try to emphasize. Now that being said, I do find myself using the term. You know, I mean, I talk about using lead magnets all the time. Uh, it's just it's concise. It's to the point. It communicates. But I I really try to back away from relying on that too much because there are just a lot of people out in the marketplace that, um, you know, we're human beings. We're not cattle. Yeah. And nobody likes to be herded. Yeah. And 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 so. Um, I, I guess that's one of the things I, I, I try to focus on uh, when you're dealing with people. They are individuals. They're human beings. And and um, it's really uh, interesting to hear. I've got to, I've got to stop you just for a second. And I, I, I want you to keep going uh, wherever you're headed next. But it's really interesting to hear from a prospecting and marketing automation specialist. Yeah. To, to say you got to remember you're communicating with the human being because I've got to tell you in my experience with, with others, some, some arguably successful, depending on how you define success, others, not so much. Uh, A lot of what I hear from other automation gurus, so to speak is no, it's just all about, it's all about the click through rate. It's all about the data and it's all about the leads and leads, leads, leads. And we don't really really care about, uh, this isn't true for everybody, right? I'm not. Sure. I'm not painting a. I'm not painting too much of a generality, but it is consistent. Uh, too consistent in the space. Um, people don't pay attention enough to what the message actually is, or the quality of the product or service that they're representing. And I think that's really what you're getting at. Is we've got to. Yeah. We have, if we're going to truly sell ourselves and communicate the marketplace, that is powerful. With power comes responsibility. We've got to remember we have that responsibility too. Yeah, very much. And, uh, you know, for instance, the marketing, there are a lot of good marketing automation platforms out there. Uh, As you know, I'm a partner with SharpSpring. SharpSpring has all that functionality in it uh, and it increases, but it also has a strong emphasis on one-to-one interpersonal communication. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, it has a, its own built-in CRM. So, you know, and CRM is very much customer relationship management. Yeah. And uh, so it, it does, it, again, it's all about how you use the tools. You know, just because something has all this power doesn't mean you're going to leverage it all at once. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's best used with restraint. Um, but I think the, 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 other, the other point is, you know, social media and, and technology itself has, um, ha- has, and we've seen it. We've seen it happen. And as a matter of fact, when I did the, when I uh, was putting together the n- newest edition of Prospect and Flourish, and I have a chapter in there, uh, a, a lesson called the Twelve Universal Laws of Social Media Prospecting. Okay, mm-hmm. and you know we talk about how how to behave, not to behave. We 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 can all we've all seen the narcissism and the nasty behavior that people are willing to exhibit through social media channels, you know, Twitter being, uh, yeah. you know, a, a big high, you know, a, a big point place, um, how people will engage with each other on Facebook. They'll say things to, to people on Facebook or Twitter that, 
would you ever say that to a person's face? No, of course not. Hopefully not. Right. And and so it points to something we have to remember that that's a, a living, breathing human being on the other side. And one of the interesting things with these 12 universal laws of social media prospecting, when I put them together, and I put them together years ago for the previous edition of the, of the book, Prospect and Flourish was a print book before it was an online training program. Mm-hmm. I, I went back and I realized that when you looked at all these laws that I summarized, they apply to interpersonal relationships as a whole. Wow. It's not, they that don't limit, sense. they don't limit themselves to, to the digital channel. Yeah. And I didn't realize that until after I kind of came through it and it's like, you know, and sure, that's how I concluded the chapter, of course. <laughs> you know, take a look at this. Well, how do they stand out? Yeah. You know, it all applies to real life. So it doesn't matter whether you're talking through a screen uh, right. or talking face to face. It doesn't matter. It's a, so you've got to remember those principles. And of course, we're not listing those principles here or anything like that. But that overall dynamic. And, and again, it's just it's, re, it's remembering that people are human beings uh, and. Um, they're, they're not leads. Yeah. Yeah. So to speak. That's good. A couple more places I want to go before we wrap up here. Sure. Uh, um, going back to gentle persistence. Mm-hmm. Um, can you give us an architecture and it can be, you know, it can be a, a hypothetical or it could be, you know, a non-named actual client doesn't matter, but can you give us an architecture of what a, a solid could be yours from the, I don't know, but, can you give us an architecture of what a gentle persistence campaign could look like uh, for, for instance, for an independent consultant in the B2B space? Kind of what are the, what are the key beats that you're looking at when you're thinking about that campaign um, in terms of putting it together or how long it lasts or how much time between, you know, emails or LinkedIn messages or those types of things. How do you think about that? And then, you know, maybe an example of what that, what that, strategy or system looks like? Um, well, they take all types of forms, but the, mm-hmm. the, the, the overarching rule that you've got to remember is the question of how many touches. And I actually have a, have a, a blog article I put a long time, put up a long time ago. And it, and, it, and I called to mind the old, the old animated Tootsie Pop commercial. Right. Um, yeah, the owl how many licks, Mr. Al, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Center of a Tootsie Pop? Yeah. And ultimately the answer was three, kind of like, you know, 42 being the answer to the ultimate <laughs> question of life, the universe and everything. Right. Yeah. Some people may not get that reference, <laughs> but um, but I, the, it, it ultimately comes down to how many touches does it take? And, and some people will think, well, you know, I imagine three, four, five. No, it takes like, you know, 11, 12 or more. Like for this but guy. The, yeah, but the reality is it takes it, it most people, most your competition is giving up after I don't even want to say they're giving up after three. I'd say they're giving up after one or two yeah. or two. Um and it's that so so that's the overarching rule that you gotta follow. Now, how do you reach out and touch touch people? Whether it's you know, email is probably the easiest to put in place. You know, you can you can put them into an email campaign where you can have multiple touch points uh, go out on, you know, every every two. Sorry, that's my dog barking. That's all good. Um, But every two or three weeks uh, and then you might wait six months. And if you don't hear back, reach out and touch them. Yeah. One of the things that we use and where, you know, I was at I was at Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield for a a couple of years before. Mm Uh, they had terminated their entire captive channel. It was after the 2012 election and, yeah. you know, uh, the Obamacare and all that. So I, I, that's when I branched out and I started SYP Media because I really wanted to get back into doing this kind of work. Mm-hmm. But we, we, had a, we had a formula and I don't know how, who came up with it. I think it was probably more arbitrary, but it is good to have a formula. And, 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 and I guess that's the roundabout answer to your question is that's what I would focus on. Some kind of formula where, you know, if someone, if an inquiry comes in, I, I think part of it depends on how you connect with them. Mm-hmm. If it's a lead that comes in through the website, and I, I got to say this about leads. 
Okay. I got married about two and a half years ago. All right. Uh, my wife, Jackie, uh, we met, I, I say we met through an online system. Okay. We met online. It wasn't online dating. The platform was Norvax. She actually came through. Now, producers might get the reference. She actually came through as an insurance lead when I was at Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield. No kidding. Yeah. And 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 so. Um, wow. So, you know, and, and, huh. and we just, we just stayed, you know, we, we, some, we, she actually never bought insurance from me, but, uh, <laughs> you got a better deal. Health insurance. You got a better deal. Looked, yeah. So she was looking for health insurance, but after I left the, the, the space, we, we somehow connected, we stayed connected and ultimately, uh, here we are, but maybe that's a side note. Uh, but the point is you, someone comes in, if they come in through the online inquiry, they're a little bit colder, perhaps. Yeah. You know, if their name is being parsed around to a dozen other people, okay, your comp competition is probably going to give up after two calls. Yeah. Um, so, but have have a have a formula. Start out, you know, maybe two calls the first week, uh, one call the next week, um, maybe two more the following, or touch base every other week. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we have, and then maybe it's not just a phone call. You put them into an email, automated email campaign. Um, you can mix it up and platforms like SharpSpring and others allow you to, to create these structures that will prompt you to call so-and-so at a certain, during a certain time of day in a certain week or whatever, but have a formula in place. And, uh, you know, if you're not sure what kind of formula to follow, just start with something. Well, start, yeah, you know? yeah. This, I think that's really the key point because I, I love what you're saying because it's so true. And it, and it is dependent upon your market and how the prospect comes in yeah. and, and, and your personality. But what, what I'm taking away here is it's less about what the formula is and it's more about having, having a formula. One. Yeah. It's more it's about like, having you know, don't let perfect be the enemy of the good. Right. You know? Right. And, and you calibrate, and, you can calibrate that formula and that system and that structure over time based on your results or lack thereof. But the key thing is not giving up any time too soon and yeah. making sure that you are staying gently persistent and, and out what you're really trying to do is outrun the competition, right? Uh, so that when the person is ready to make a decision or ready to have a conversation, you're the only one that's there. Yeah. Which is, which is what yeah top of mind. You're top yeah. of mind. That's exactly what you did with me, right? You yeah. just kept reaching out, kept reaching out. And listen, I was getting marketed to by other people about LinkedIn marketing or whatever we were talking about, but not nearly in the same way for the same duration in the same, you know, with the same consistency. Well, that that's are. because too many other folks out there are just looking for a low hanging fruit. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm they're serious. Not, I, I think for a long-term relationship. Yeah, yeah, and they're not looking. They're 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 looking for low-hanging fruit. They're looking for a sale at the end. They they and maybe it's because they got a quota they got to meet or something like right. that. You know, I don't know. But there's too many people who are just thinking in terms of looking for low-hanging fruit. And um, you know, but the 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 fruit at the higher point of the tree is probably going to be in much better shape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have two questions for you, and then I want you to tell everybody how they can find out more about you. I want you to tell them how they can find out more about Prospect and Flourish, this mm -hmm. this book that's become this fantastic training program. Uh, I want to tell them how they can find out more about SYP, but two questions here. We'll just do them one at a time. Uh, and maybe I know I need to have you back on the podcast, and maybe we need to do a whole podcast on what I'm about to ask, uh, but you can okay. give maybe a nugget or two. So. The most, one of the most, if not the most common challenge that I see when I'm working with um, consultants who are in the B2B space or advisors or someone who wants to sell their knowledge, their skill or their expertise to somebody else. Mm -hmm. The most common challenge I see in their prospecting and marketing uh, revolves around their inability to effectively articulate their value proposition. It revolves around their messaging. Okay. Uh, can you speak to how you, cause you're, you're fantastic at messaging, crafting okay. it, thinking through it. Can you speak to what, what should someone do uh, in terms of how can they improve their current message? So that it's more effective as they start to do this prospecting and marketing outreach. Uh, you know, the shortest, the short 
easy solution that I always offer to somebody if they're having trouble struggling. And of course, um, we go through this exercise, uh, you know, endlessly with, with, with our clients. Uh, and actually prospect and flourish has an entire framework built in an actual series of different worksheets and things like that to help you focus on that. Um, but the, the biggest, the, the first question I ask people, can you tell a story? Can you tell a story of a situation where you had a, a, a client or a customer who had a problem and what did you do to solve that problem? And what was the outcome? Yeah. If you can tell that simple story, then you have taken a giant quantum leap in being able to articulate your value proposition. If you focus on the positive outcome, the desired uh, place uh, that the prospect or the customer, you know, where they were before and where are they after, before and after. It's all about creating results. It's not about, it's not, you don't get lost in the weeds of what you did or the services or the, the widgets that you deployed or what have you. It's about getting them from where they are to where they want to be. And telling stories is really, uh, I think that the, if you're really having trouble articulating that or nailing it down, uh, I think that's one of the easiest first steps in that direction. And I think you'd be amazed at the results that you'd uncover, but you've got to think of it in terms of the results that you create for somebody, not all the widgets and the tools and the services and, and everything else that you deployed. Understood. That's great. Um, last question. As a consultant, right? as somebody who works with other businesses, in your case, sometimes consultants, sometimes actual other businesses um, yeah. beyond the consulting world, um, being an entrepreneur, being a business leader, being a business owner, biggest lesson you've learned uh, being a consultant? It might be related to marketing and prospecting. It might be related to something else. But what's a what's a key lesson that you've learned during your time as an entrepreneur, owning your own business, as a as a consultant, as an advisor to others that you might? I'd, I'd, I'd say it's probably not not as much a lesson that I've learned once, but had to keep <laughs> have to keep reminding myself. Okay, um, because I had I, uh, is is you can't know it and do it all. Mm. All right, uh, one of the strengths that I had. And I think earlier in my career, because I, uh, from a from a marketing and a media perspective, is I learned to wear many hats. Yeah, um, I'm a I'm a professional graphic designer. Uh, I'm a videographer, and I do. Although there are certain elements of video that I don't get into. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I worked as a video producer, so I worked as a, actually in my job when I talk about capital fundraising, I was a creative director. Okay. So I was creating the marketing messages for multi-million dollar campaigns. Over a period of 10 years, we did about 250 to $300 million wow. uh, raised for various organizations around the country. Um, and I developed the, the messaging, the cases for support, the arguments mm-hmm. that we put forth to actually go out and raise that money. Yep. And not only creating the message, writing the message, but also... Uh, whether I did it myself or I worked with a team of, of designers and producers and everything else, we would deploy those messages through various channels of media. But in order to be able to do all that, I had to have a, a firm understanding of that work myself. I, I had to, I had with, with occasional exceptions, uh, I had to know what it was like to have to, 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 to lay out a brochure or, or eventually build a web page. Right. You know, so I, it's how, it, web web publishing and the web and the internet started to emerge during those years. Um, yep. So I, I had to learn all those skills. But at the same time, where do I need to draw the line and bring somebody else in? Mm-hmm. I am constantly having to keep myself in check mm. uh, on, from that respect. Yep. And um, so I'm not sure if that answers the, your question the way you thought it might, but that's the answer that I would bring to it. No, I think it's huge. I mean, the I, I I struggle with the same thing. I've got a great team of folks around me, including you, um, that have taken a lot off of my plate. But I still find myself doing doing things that. Am I capable? Yeah. Am I even good at it? Yeah. Sometimes. Uh, but should I be doing it? Are there other more valuable yeah. things I could be doing? And so I think that's a huge 
it's a huge lesson to learn. And like you said, uh, relearn over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, this is, this has been fantastic. I can't thank you enough for your expertise and your willingness to take some time uh, to share with our listeners and viewers today. Let everybody know, please, how can they uh, find out more about you, SYP? Definitely tell us about Prospect and Flourish and where we can find that too. Yeah, uh, you know what? Uh, they can always look me up on LinkedIn and extend a connection invite. Um, and uh, my, my website is serveyourprospects.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, SYPmedia.com too, but the main domain is serveyourprospects.com. And uh, if they want to learn about Prospect and Flourish, it's an online training program. It's actually just prospectandflourish.com as well. Great. Uh, feel free to go ahead and check it out. Um, you know, it, it's 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 there's still there's a couple of additional modules we're adding. Uh, so we're really excited about it. Uh, had a little bit of a delayed deployment during the course of 2020 with all the nonsense we were dealing with. Um, but at the same time, we're, you know, no better time than the present to uh, bounce back. That's right. That's great. Excellent. Okay. So serveyourprospects.com, prospectandflourish.com. Is it ju- it's just Keith Lusher on LinkedIn. They can find you there. Yeah, yeah Perfect. pretty much. And then your cell number apparently is available on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, Maybe clearly. not after this. I don't know. <laughs> they can text you if they're confident. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I, you know, I, it was during the course of the day. I'm thinking, man, this is going to be a great story to share. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I never had that happen before. Gotcha. So, well, I, I suspect we're going to see that type of thing more and more. Right. I think it's going to yeah. become wh- whether it should or shouldn't become more and more mainstream is a different question. But sure. I think it I think it is going it is becoming more and more mainstream. So listen, Keith, thank you so much for the time. We will definitely get another session down. All um, right. Look forward but, to uh, it. Until then, be well, my friend. And All right. thanks everybody for being a part of Consulting with Authority. We will look forward to having you guys enjoy the next episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. And before we go, I want to thank the sponsor of our show, Smart Solutions Media. Smart Solutions Media empowers business owners, consultants, and other independent professionals to easily attract better prospects and transform them into long-term clients. If you're a B2B consultant or service professional and would like to start filling your pipeline with better quality prospects, visit us on the web at smartsolutionsmedia.com to learn more about what we can do to help you. Be sure to complete the short two-minute accelerated growth scorecard you can find on the website and you'll receive a complimentary strategy session where we'll give you specific insights and recommendations to help you attract high-value clients. Until next time, make sure you are consulting with authority.